Okay. Okay, welcome back to School of Science Radio. Uh, I'm Matthew Chandler. Uh, we're not joined by Juno this week. He had the, uh, the misfortune of, well, I presume, not, not watching Evans game tonight uh, because he's on his honeymoon in St. Lucia. Uh, so stepping in to join me instead is RBM's Brian Foley. Brian, uh, thanks for doing the honours, mate, first of all. Uh, how, how, are you do, how, are you, how are you doing after that? Oh, I'm good, Matthew. I'm just trying to, you know, trying to stay awake through it was uh was as much a struggle as anything and you know I'm, as we're going to talk about the brain is much like our team it seems is is already floating towards next season i think so yeah brian's got a lovely red uh coat on at the moment which i've already taken issue <laughs> with but uh brian's been playing football this afternoon and i just said to him like, i'm sure he probably put in more effort or had more sort of ventures forward than than uh, Everton did tonight. Where do you play, Brian? What position do you play? I well, I was actually coaching this evening. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I I played a bit of um, striker. You know. Yeah. Uh, I was I was an Everton I was an Everton forward for sure in industry. Uh, think about Stephen Naismith without any ability. That's basically me. There you go. Well, I mean, looking at our bench tonight, you probably still. I mean, yeah, I no, no I wouldn't give up hope just yet of at least making up his bench. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. I think just the fact that I would be one of like three people who had actually hit puberty that would be on the bench uh, <laughs> last night would just give me a little bit of an advantage. Already, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Let's get into this game because the sooner we talk about it, the sooner it's over. Right. Nil, nil. Uh, two changes from the Palace game uh, because of injury. Andre Gomez was out. Dominic Calvert Loom was out. Which is brilliant. Uh, in comes Ben Godfrey and Guilty Sigurdsson. Uh, Brian, I guess first thing I would say is, I mean, the bench, like we just touched on, 152 Premier League appearances between them. 150 of them were Alex Iwobi. We only named eight subs. All the all the seven of those were youth players. Two of them are goalkeepers. Um, I mean... You know, from the game that you saw, do you think Everton could have done anything else or, or tried anything else? I mean, certainly in terms of personnel, I just like his hands were tied, but I don't know. I just yeah. felt, I just felt, even we still had Dean, we still have Rodriguez, we still have Richardson. I just felt as though we could have still, you know, it's, it's only, it's, I say only Brighton. It's not an easy game, but it's certainly a winnable game. And I just felt we could have done more to impose ourselves on them. How do you see it? Yeah, I mean the the midfield void that has been there since I don't know. My memory doesn't go back that far enough. You know, <laughs> where, where we use you know Adrisa Ganagay in there, obviously. Um, you know, all, all credit to him, but um, it's not as if we've been giving up a bunch of goals. You know, that's one goal given up in two games. So you know, and not to be the the positive person, you know, but to but to say like oh man we had to make a change and even the announcers I think were like yeah they're well suited to make a quick adjustment boom you know like we have the depth in the back to be able to make changes on the fly we've we've been able to do that um and then I think two key things we signed Josh King exactly for days like this and and I think he may have picked up a knock or something but but in reality you know we knew we needed someone else to provide for us we took yeah. a chance on him for whatever reason, and that hasn't worked out. And again, I mean, without Decore and without Allen, we're back to square one. 
it's it's last year again. You know, it's Davies and Gomez in a in a double pivot, or if Gomes is out, Gilfie and Davies in a double pivot, which is the least terrifying. Like I can't imagine playing against our midfield. Like I would be so excited to be like, wait, they have Gilfie Sigurdsson and Tom Davies holding. I think we've got we have the opportunity to to stretch them vertically, and that's not to knock on those guys. They're just they're not they're not playing what they're suited to do, and it's you know it's just square pegs, round holes kind of thing. Yeah, it's not the most kind of dynamic midfield, is it? I mean, Tom Davies, I don't think is necessarily slow, but he's not mm. sort of all action midfielder that Abdullah Decore is maybe, or yeah. or even like Allen with his kind of tenacity. Although I think Davies has been has well, been really better the last few months, but I just and when that's well, it, it's just not it's not a, a, an intimidating midfield, is it? It's not intimidating. And we don't have the tactics to adjust because even if you have Allen, let's say, at least he can sit and hold and now Gilfie and Tom can play in front of Allen, you know, and now we can at least be a little bit higher up the field against somebody like Brighton as opposed to now sitting with two. Then you put in Yamez, who Carlo Ancelotti has made clear. I don't really ask him to play <laughs> to, to try, you know, his job is tracking back is to look for spaces for the counter basically. You know, it just the, the same kind of things. That, and that's not to put the whole lack of a result on them today. We didn't give up a goal. But, you know, as you said, it's Brighton. It's a team, Everton, if we went from certain goals in the season to now kind of, you know, a, a painful revamp. But I think that it also you can see how much closer we are to. You know, there's a few more steps that have to be taken. But it, it was just... It felt like a lot like a game from last season. That's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially after the uh, after the season restarted, I think when we had those kind of end of season games, which didn't didn't really mean much because we knew Everton were going to finish mid table. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because like we still have a lot riding on this season in terms of you know I, I understand the argument for why people maybe don't want Europa League, um, but. Um, so it's, it's, it's you know something to play for, isn't it? And we don't look like a team. That's, I said this last week with Gino, but tonight I just felt you know we had one shot on target, and it was a Hamas Rodriguez kind of from a tight angle in the seventy-first minute. Mm-hmm. I just think that alone would would suggest that Evan are not maybe ready for European football yet. And you know whether it would be a good thing or not, I don't know. But we don't look like a team that's kind of deserving or like I said ready for for that sort of European challenge how do you see it yeah I mean as I just referenced with with our lack of depth you'd have to really add now another layer to your you know in addition to filling those holes hopefully picking up a another center midfielder Uh, I don't don't even want to talk about JPG um but, you know, hopefully picking up somebody in there, another person to aid in the attack, you know, use the Moise Keen money, because let's just go ahead and just put a bow on him and pack yeah. him off to PSG. Um, you know, if we do those things, then to me, we become a very legitimate contender to be able to hold up for an entire season, right? To be able to rotate through the midfield and, you know, insert new field, midfielder A and give DeCorey an actual game off. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, he broke his foot. It happens. But we were basically, everybody was, every time you saw Decore roll out there, you're like, man, he's healthy for another game. <laughs> it was almost, you know, you almost weren't used to it. It was, it almost felt inevitable. Um, and just, I think that 
like, for example, let's look at what West, you know, for an easy, and I don't want to get into a West Ham, but, you know, in a very similar fashion, right? West Ham is caught magic in a bottle. They also had the same exact 11 starters, except for basically Mikel Antonio, you know, who had an early season out. They're key spine players. Suchek, those guys, they've been there game in and game out, right? You know, they're out Declan. I mean, the one you'd say is Lingard because they added him, but apart from that. Right, and then, right, and what did they need, right? What did you look at West Ham and you said, what did they need? They needed somebody to add that spark, right, to put that ball forward. And he's really given them what – versus, you know, whereas a – a Josh King hasn't been the person you hoped was going to find six or seven late goals kind of deal. Um, I don't, I don't think we're planning and can invest in the off season enough to pay for Europe. If that makes sense. I don't think we can add two to three more midfielders and two more attackers and then decide what we want to do in the back. Gary Mina is developing a pretty nasty uh, chronic Mm -hmm. injury habit right now, you know, and, when you can't trust defenders to go 90 minutes, you can't trust defenders, um, you know, for me. Just, and, and so, yeah, I'm just, I, um, I mean, looking at the team tonight, so it was Olsen, Dean, Mina, Keane, Godfrey, Tolman, and then Holgate, Davies in midfield, Rodriguez and Stiggers in kind of ahead of them, and then Richarlison up front. Um, I asked this question on the uh, RBM Twitter account. How many of that team do you think would get an Everton's strongest 11? Of that team would be in, like, if everybody's healthy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Everton's best 11, how many of that team, how many players do you think get in that? Oh, let's see. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess we'd have to, get, yeah. Olsen, Olsen for me is a toss-up, but that can be a whole other discussion. Yeah, Olsen, Holgate, Keane, Richarlison, Sigurdsson, Dean. Mina, Rodriguez, Godfrey, Coleman, David. Yeah, Rodriguez, you can have the debate about keeper. The back four, um, I'd get rid of Holgate. Yeah. Um, and, in a yeah, because really in a Allen and Decore yeah. are our best two midfielders. You know, then you can get into the argument that an Awobi or a Rodriguez should one of those two should be central. You know, and a Richarlison and a DCL up top kind of deal based on just like a general kind of fourth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we got a lot of injuries. Yeah, I mean, I would I mean, a lot of the replies to that was five. There's, there's a couple of people saying six. Godfrey, Thomas, yeah. Mina, Dean, Richarlison. You know, I mean, that is the that is the point where I have sympathy for Ancelotti, but then I, I can't imagine he set up Everton to be as kind of passive as they were tonight. So I just wonder kind of what what the plan was. Because, you know, like I said, I mean Brighton were not brilliant by any by any stretch, but it just felt like we didn't even didn't even want to win yeah. at times that game. Well I mean against us, uh, let's I, I guess I look at it from a Brighton point of view. Why did we find it so easy to shut them down? Because who's the threat in behind? Maybe Richarlison? Yeah, but he's kind of doing it by himself, which you know, for me, well, he had nothing to work with, did he? He had nothing to work with. No, so you know, his his runs aren't that dangerous if they're gonna heap it up there and they can have two center backs take him on, um, without anybody. And then who's gonna make dynamic? You know, Yamez is gonna catch up. He'll get there, but <laughs> he's not sprinting. You know, uh, and and same kind of thing. You know, and 
And then you're asking somebody like Mason Holgate to slide into a new position, basically. Um, although I think he's fairly well suited for the position with his general skill set with some time. You know, I think he would become a decent holder. But we're talking about the difference between making it into uh, Europe and not. You can't just be throwing. But we're, we're in that position. We have to. You know, like <laughs> this would have been where Tyler uh, um, is. Oh, yeah, like this would have been for me, you know, with that terrible tackle that he that he suffers and you know it's gonna be out for a while. But you know, this would have been a game where you know you go, okay, let's see if the youth can help us out. You know, that that would be the normal kind of thing, would be that would have been a game where I would hope that he could offer something new. But again, I, I go back to we're not a dynamic team of any sorts. You know, I think that's why Godfrey to me is so appealing to people is yeah. physically. He's him and DCL and um, Richarlison are really like explosive players. But beyond that, we don't have a lot of athleticism. You know, we've got, we have a lot of good players, but especially through the midfield. And that's where Decore makes such a big difference for us because otherwise in the midfield, we're very stagnant. Yeah. I mean, one of the comments on the, uh, on the reaction on the site is saying, you know, pretty much that. He said, I love watching Godfrey. Beyond that, I hope we're, I hope we're moving off Gilfie this summer because he's had too many of these performances. I'd love to get some midfielders with some edge to try and elevate the emotion out there or really across the squad and a right back as well. A lot of position to buy in the summer, but probably can't get to the depth we need just from one window. I mean, that pretty much sums up what you've been saying, isn't it? We still feel quite a yeah. few times off competing. Um, yeah. He's done Sigurdsson. I mean, he, he this guy... Pointed Sigurdsson out there. What do you make of him tonight? Because again, I just feel like I, I agree with that. There's too many, and you know, I criticise Sigurdsson a lot. I think he's been better this season than last season, but I just feel like he's probably not good enough for them to get where they want to get. And I feel like tonight was one of those games where, if you're a player like Sigurdsson, you kind of, you know, you take a stranglehold of that game or try to anyway, or just conjure up a bit of magic. And it's not easy with the way Everton, you know, set up sometimes, but. I just felt like, you know, pretty underwhelmed by him again. Yeah. Again, I, I go back to, I think they're asking him to do things that he's not suited to do. I would, in a perfect world, Gilfie's somebody who's starting, you know, if he's on the team next year and we had the proper depth and everybody's healthy, Gilfie starts seven or eight games, come off the bench and, you yeah. know, 15 or 16 and plays in cut matches. And when you're facing uh, Barnsley, in the third round next year or something and Gilfie's starting, you're like, okay, Gilfie can handle this job, right? It's just, you can't expect him 12 weeks in a row to roll out and play any type of role in the premier league. I don't think anymore. Um, who was the other player I want to talk about? Oh, Alex Willoughby. Yeah. Um, you, you said he had that shot at the end. I mean, he came, and Willoughby's a weird one, isn't he? Cause he come, you know, he talks about wanting to play in his, favorite position, wherever that is, because Ancelotti doesn't seem to know either. And again, it's like, I just felt this is the game where it's like, you know, you can imagine Ancelotti saying to him, you know, come on, Alex, um, you know, show me, show me why you deserve to be in this team. Come on here, grab the game by the scruff of the neck, win us the game, or, you know, turn the game in our favour. And again, he just didn't, I mean, apart from that one shot, which went horribly wide, didn't do anything. I mean, where are you at? Where are you at with him at the moment? Because I think it does feel like a lot of Everton fans are 
kind of yeah. not not out of patience and fast running out of patience with Awubi. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and also, we wanted... also on, that, on top, sorry, on top of that, where no, no, you're the fine. best position is uh, coming off the bench in like the 65th minute. No, but I, I, but no, I, I think he's a wide player because, you know, I, I will lump him in with one of our few people who you think might actually do something when he runs with that, somebody with the ball, right? Like he might do something like Alex Awobi can actually dribble past some people every so often the finished product. Well, <laughs> this is a weird one to me. And, and, <laughs> I would rather have Theo Walcott out there than Alex Alobi, to be perfectly honest with you. Like, you understand that. I, I, we're not to get in that debate, but. I mean, you'd rather have Nima, wouldn't you? Because, like. Ooh, absolutely. Yeah. But oh, Theo yeah. is great at something. Kick the ball over the top, and you have to respect that he's going to get in behind. Again, as a defender, like, if Alex Alobi comes off the bench, unless I'm tired, you know, keep him in front of you. He's not going to play a lot of one-two stuff. His finishing, if you make him shoot from outside of like eight yards. Just have a wrestling. We're getting the exact player that he was at Arsenal. It's yeah. not like he's it's not like he's regressed. He's just grassed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where, are you, where are you at with him then in terms of your your patience? Would you would you move? Uh, I mean, I don't think we have any better options right now. And that's where I say next year we have, you know, like not the bench we don't. So all the other, all the other sides of the kids, right? Yeah, I mean, who were who were you going to turn to, right? And that's where I go back to the whole kind of Josh thinking is, I think there was that hope to bring in somebody to genuinely be a support in the attack, and we haven't gotten that. And look at the last few matches, right? One one zero zero. These are matches in which one one player could have really, like you said, you know, <laughs> Carlo Angelotti. Come on, Alex, like go change the match for me. Do something, you know, and look at what I'm not, you know, I'm just pulling names up, but look at the Newcastle game yesterday, right? And what Sam Maximum did, right? Like that's that's the dream sub. Yeah, yeah. And and I will be doesn't do that, does he? And it will be, but to his defense, we really genuinely don't have anybody off the bench that does that. Mm-hmm. If we're starting our healthy 11, our best 11, who's coming off the bench? Maybe Josh King. Then you're back to Alex Awobi, right? So, yeah, there was a good article in the, in the, uh, in the Athletic, I think, um, recently about, um, and they were looking at like all the, the subs of Premier League teams. Um, I've just got it up here. So, Evan, of Evans' most used substitutes, uh, which are Sigurdsson, Awobi, King, and Gomez. They scored one goal off the bench, so it just kind of tells you what impact or lack of impact our subs are having on on games. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, last last thing I kind of want to get to about this game before we can just sign it to history and never speak of it again. What game? Um. Where do you think it leaves the, the European run there? I mean, I touched on it before by saying I think. You know, it's looking certainly Champions League is looking at all order now. Europa League is, you know, not out of the question, but we don't look like a team that's going to qualify for the Europa League. We look like a team that's on the beach. Um, so we're eighth on 48. We play Tottenham, who are seventh on 49 on Friday, and then Liverpool are sixth on 52. Obviously, seventh gets the uh, sort of third tier competition that's coming in the Conference League, <laughs> which just sounds like a nightmare, to be honest. Um, how do you see it at the moment, Brian? Uh, this was 
this was supposed to be our opportunity, you know, the Palace game, the Brighton game. Yeah. That was that was the opportunity. Which because we're Everton makes me think we'll now go on a run against a better when did we suddenly become the team that plays well against the top six, right? Like I go, we go to play Tottenham and part of me is like, we'll find a way. You know, the other part of me is like Harry Kane and Son are going to walk through us, but I, it'll come down. I, I don't want to say it's hard to call. I don't know because it's so few games that they're also important. Meaning if we, you know, turn around and beat Spurs, for example, all of a sudden it becomes, all right, well, but I don't see us getting there. I'd love to see us finish eighth, I'll be honest with you. I think Carlo Ancelotti would love to get to Europe, but would also love a year to get one more window yeah. out, yeah. I think, would without the pressure of having to add. Because then we're shopping in a different market, too. We're buying when people know we have to buy. You know, you need midfielders. You need our, you have obviously identified our midfielder, so we're going to charge you the Premier League, Europa League, you know, double tax, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel but, like, oh, yeah, go on. Go on. I, but that's where, you know, it, all it takes is one or two really good signings, right? That 19 year old kid that, that breaks through that, you know, that we really haven't seen. We, we've, I mean, and I, you know, again, Tom Davies kind of broke, but. You know, a Lookman, right? When Lookman came in, you genuinely thought early on, you know, he steps on the field, he scores a goal, and and you're like, here's somebody that now is going to really kind of give us that different look, that kind of stuff. So I guess I find myself continually harping on that. Well, we've scored a decent amount of goals. We're They're still just coming from two places, and then, you know, a couple more. At, I don't want to make it into Europe, I guess, now that I really have to say it out loud. Yeah, I thought I feel like this season, you know, it's like any manager's kind of because last season obviously it got it got suspended for three months and you know it was it was Silver's team or you know Silva and Kuman and Martinez's team still. Uh, so I just feel like the second half of last season and this season to an extent because of, especially because of COVID and all the stuff that's impacted, it's kind of a bit like a free hit in a way or not. A, I just feel like next season will be the one where you really have to judge mm-hmm. as Ancelotti. And I'm with you. I just feel like if we get Europe this season, it almost feels a bit like a bonus because I don't think we are ready for it or deserving of it. Um, next year, I think, will be the really acid test. And if we can make the right additions in the summer, which I think you'd back Ancelotti too, given his record in the, the transfer market last summer. Um, you know, Maybe the only miss has been Josh King. Um, I think... You know, you'd, you you would certainly have confidence in them making the right signings again, and then look to push on from there. But this season just kind of looks to be worryingly petering out. Um, We're also also yeah. a victim of how we started. You know, it if if this season, if we were playing like let's flip it right, if we would have started poorly and we were coming on right now and we were in this position. I think people would be in a, Ooh, wow. You know, we're really coming into things. There's right. It's part of it. We started so well, everything feels regressive. You know, when you, it, I know it was just a month, but you know, that, that September yeah. starting off really set the, wow, how far can they go? Then it became, okay, can they go anywhere? And then, well, it doesn't really look like they're going anywhere, you know? And, and part of it I think is, is, you know, it's the difference between being up 1-0 for 88 minutes 
and then getting a one-one tie versus being the team that's down for 88 minutes and then you get the draw you both leave with a point but you can feel very different about that point right it, it, it's it's kind of that same way like I think the season because we are basically working away from setting the standard that was the beginning and I know we've had lulls and stuff since then it it feels more disappointing because we saw a glimpse of when everybody was healthy and we got a few little breaks right that that's what things could be but frankly I I want to say we're the second or third most lost minutes you know in in the Premier League for due to injuries it's we haven't really had that same team from the beginning of the season, right? Yamez has been missing a large bit of the season, you know, Decore, Allen, you know, even Calvert-Lewin was out for a while and we we've kind of made it mix and match, but we just have, we don't have those pieces to cover for that long. And I can't imagine what next year trying to stretch out a Europa league season two would, would do to our squad. Yeah. yeah. Any, any, any positives then from tonight? Finally. Again, I'll go back to the D. I mean, you know, you don't give up a goal. You know, if I'm a keeper and if I'm yeah, somebody in the back four. Yeah. Both was good. I thought that, that late tackle he made where he rushed back. Yeah. yeah. Recovery pace is amazing, isn't it? Um, apart from that, yeah. Just defense was okay. Didn't have loads to do. I mean, also made no. plays, but. No, but, you know. Do you feel like a bad, I do feel like a bad team would have would have punished us, though. I would say that. I agree the defense was good, but I. I I don't know. I think we certainly didn't deserve more than the point, put it that way. Um, yeah, no, that's a fair assessment. We'll leave this terrible, terrible game of that. Uh, right, we're going to take a quick break and then we will preview what, what could be the worst game of football of all time on Friday, which is Everton against Tottenham. <laughs> okay, we're, we're back to just look ahead to. Friday's uh, visit of Tottenham to Goodison, uh, which should be a fantastic game given how both teams played this weekend. Um, April 16th, 8 o'clock kickoff uh, in the UK, 3 o'clock in, uh, in the US, or certainly in Eastern Standard Time. Um, Tottenham 7th on 49 points. They played a game more than Everton, uh, who are 8th on 48. Uh, Everton have already beaten Tottenham twice this season, and they won their on the first day of the season, um, 1-0. It was probably the best performance of the season, or certainly one of them. Uh, and then in that mad 5-4 FA Cup game in, in February. And like, unlike I alluded to a minute ago, Tottenham pretty resoundingly beaten yesterday by, by Manchester United at home as well. Uh, um, it looks like two teams who really can't wait for the season to end, uh, Brian. Um, but if Everton are going to stay in this race for Europe, I mean, just to go through again, Liverpool 52 points in sixth, Tottenham 49 points in seventh, Everton 48 points in eighth, but have played a game less. Uh, West Ham 55 in fourth. Is this a must win if Everton are going to still have hopes? It, yeah. And yeah. again, I'll go to if you would have told you know, people at the beginning of the season that come April, that if we win our next match, that we'd be one point behind Liverpool and battling for Europe, we would all be like, well, that sounds fantastic. I can't wait for that season to roll around, but yet we still find ourselves like, oh, you know, maybe it's, but um, yeah, to me, it's make or break. I mean, if we win it, I think it gives us a little bit of a, 
a chance and, and maybe some momentum. Um, <laughs> I'm such an Everton fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but that's the thing, isn't it? You just get to the team every year and we just go drained from an absolute slog of the season. Especially this year, I think, because, you know, maybe it's slightly different for you guys in the States because you're, you're watching it every week. But even still, I think everyone just feels kind of helpless and maybe a bit more detached from the football this season because nobody's at the games and it's all behind closed doors. It feels maybe a bit more distant. But, you know, we've been in so many seasons with Everton where you just get to the, the last sort of hurdles and it's just like one big shrug of the shoulders every weekend, isn't it? Um if they can win this one, then it surpasses last season's points total, which will be certainly progress, considering we'll still have seven games left. Um, and obviously, maybe means there's a bit more of an excitement factor for the rest of the season. So I would call it, I would say it's probably a must win. And it certainly gave me can win, given how bad Tottenham were yesterday and how, how well we've played against them twice this season already. Um, I mean, just don't look at injuries. Uh, Ancelotti's just done his, uh, his post-match press conference. Um, Gabarin is out for the season, which is just typical, isn't it? I mean, you can't get more Everton than that. Gary uh, Mina's injury tonight. Uh, Ancelotti said it looks like he's out for a few weeks, so he won't be playing. But he did say that he expects to have uh, Calvert-Lewin, Pickford, Allen, Gomez and King back for Tottenham. So that is, you know, cause for optimism, if nothing else, because we are running out of players already, even if we weren't uh, by tonight. Um, any changes that you want to see? Let's just assume those five players are back. Allen, Gomez, Calvert-Lewin, Pickford and King. How many of them would come straight in for you? I mean, everybody but everybody King, right? Yeah. Even even Gomez, would you say Gomez is kind of the one where you think maybe he's the most threat? Can we just like try to like push Andre Gomes and Gilfie Sigurdsson into one human and then just pay one salary so they only take up one spot on the field? They're the same player, right? Well, we just kind of like Gilfie just, Gomez. Yeah, like yeah. You know. <laughs> um, Alan is certainly the you know. Alan, no, yeah, Alan. Albert Lewin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, and it, 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 then you could maybe see it will be go out wide. Rodriguez plays, but again, probably going to need more legs in the midfield against Spurs, I suppose, just with Hoiberg and Ndombele just kind of – if they do nothing, they run around a lot. They've got yeah. a lot of Tom Davies in them, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, then I – I, I'll be honest, it's kind of, it's weird to think that we've beaten Spurs twice. First off, the first game of the season feels like it was, you know, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, but it, real fat, quick question. Bernard, is he alive? Not alive? He's on, he's on an individual training program. Okay, okay. okay. He'll cool. be out for a while. I was thinking about how wonderful his goal against Spurs, you know, that fifth yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. so nice. And then I just read... I feel like he hasn't been throwing out a lot of updates. Anyways, oh. no, but I think you get Allen back. That that's a huge difference. Again, he just lets you just play a little bit differently, and he cleans up. No Mina, so we'll be a little bit more athletic in the back um, as far as you know vertically. Although, if they're starting Harry Kane, I, what would you do? By the way, would you put would you move Mason Holgate back 
and stick with a back five, or would you go to back four and maybe play the narrow midfield diamond? Because I thought, like you said, we defended well tonight with that back five, but maybe. Yeah, I like it because it allows us to at least push some of those runs wide. We get in a lot of trouble when we get straight runs out of people like Son and stuff. So at least having those back three, if they can kind of stay narrow, we can force some, you know, some runs where the second runner's forced to score because, you know, those guys one-on-one are against – Spurs can't be feeling great either. No, I was going to say what you think – what your thoughts on Spurs at the moment? Yeah, they they feel like – as much as we feel like we're collapsing, at least like you said, we've got seven games left. If we end up – 10 points ahead of where we were last season. That's a pretty decent, you know, decent yeah. progression. Again, something you would have been like, okay, yeah, I'd take, you know, 60 points on the turn. That'll, you know, that's a pretty good step for us. Um, but if you're Spurs, you're thinking, if we don't finish in Europe, Harry Kane's leaving. Is Son going to stick around just to play in the Premier League? You know, that just little devil, that guy who just loves <laughs> taking, oh, man. Um, but, you know, what happens to them? You know, they've, got, they've got more to lose, haven't they? Than ever, I think. They really do. But yeah. they also have a manager who seems like he's already, you know, got the box on his table and he's putting his pictures in the in there and everything and he's getting ready to move out, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought Spurs were wretched against us in the game at the start of the season. And then you see them, like, you know, demolish Man United 6-1. They were top of the league by like December, and it seems to have all fallen apart. I actually thought the game it got us in the cup in February. Um, I actually thought they were probably the better team for certainly part yeah. of that game. I felt we kind of cheated them by being three three one up in that first half because yeah, uh, you know they had their moments, um, and the fact that we hadn't beaten Tottenham for about eight years before this season tells you that we've, you know, historically they're not. Easiest team for Evan to play against, but I don't think this Tottenham team, barring Kane and Son on their on their good days, which they certainly have had lately, I don't think there's a lot to fear there. And I certainly think that if they're if Everton are honest, like they have been against Tottenham already this season, then Everton should have enough to cause Tottenham a lot of a lot of problems at least. Yeah. You know, if they're if if we do go with say a back five or you know just being able to neutralize and and not spend the afternoon chasing back as you know say Lucas Moore and Son face yeah. up one on one against our outside backs. That's when we tend to get into most of our trouble. So if we can play a little bit higher up the field and I think be more aggressive, that's not I know right. But, uh, but that's also where I go back to. If Allen's in there, we play more aggressively. You know, he just – he gives us a base to build that midfield upon that, you know, if we can keep somebody – let's say it's Gilfie, Tom, and, and Allen, okay? Let's say they go with that. If Gilfie can play now closer to Hoiberg and kind of cut him out as their kind of sit deep and neutralized person and yeah. we can start to match up, I, I feel better about that. But if we end up – sitting too deep and, you know, we have to listen to them talk about what an amazing signing Hoiberg was in the sun. Oh man, that's all they do. That's all they talk about. It's mm-hmm. an eighth place team. Um, I think I would probably, in terms of change this one, I think I'd probably go 
Allen. I'd probably stick with the back five and move Holgate back uh, to where to where Mina was playing. And then I'd put in the central midfield probably Davies and Allen, and then Rodriguez ahead of them, and then Calvert Lewin and Richarlison up front. Because I think that worked well. That that kind of system worked well at Anfield, um, where we had that sort of back five, which kind of changed into a four when we when we had our moments going forward. Uh, Calvert Lewin and Richarlison up front together seems to seems to suit both of them, um, and. I get what you're saying about Sigurdsson, but I just think I don't think he and Rodriguez can really play together. I think we saw that tonight and how kind of one pace they are. Yeah, you know, they're both really good technically, but and you would and you would trust Rodriguez more to produce those kind of magical moments, wouldn't you? So for me, it would probably be Rodriguez. But I get you. If you are going to play Sigurdsson, what I would say is play him, you know, as far forward as possible without without being the striker because. I think you see when he plays deeper that he just doesn't have enough of an impact. And if he is pushing forward on, say, Hoiberg, who's Tottenham's deepest midfielder, yeah. then that, that is kind of where you want him, isn't it? Um, other than that, I think, again, there's not really much you can change. I think Pickford will probably come back in, even though I think Olsen's done done okay and Virginia did okay. Um, would you bring Pickford back in quickly? On Yeah, I would just... Yeah. Just to give them a run, I think, again, because it'd be interesting to see where they go with that this summer. You know, there have been just light murmurs about us hunting around a keeper. Is it because Olsen's leaving with everything that happened to him, which anybody yeah. could totally understand? You know, you have a bad, bad place, you know, feeling about a place because things happen. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I liked your lineup because I think that the, the really nice thing about Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison and the two together, it gives us some unpredictability. And that's good. You know, they can make little runs off each other, little flicks, kind of come underneath. I think that's when we've seen them. It's when we become static, you know, and okay, now Richie's got the ball on the left wing. Now, you know, Calvert Lewin's going to check over. Are they going to play a one, two? And we, we're not, and then we don't have the athletes, as I mentioned, to exploit through the middle of the field. So it kind of breaks down. So yeah, I, th- I think that lineup would, would give us the best look because Spurs outside backs have not been. Impressing, I know Regulon has some people are impressed yeah. by him, but but I would love to see him. I would love to let me put it this way I hope that they roll out Matt Doherty at right back in a flat well, yeah, yeah, yeah. game in the uh, the reverse fixture. Or is it Rodriguez and Dean just left him to down every time? Yeah, um, Tottenham, I mean, they were terrible against United, they were pretty much outplayed by Newcastle. Um. You know, I watched uh, Arsenal, they were pretty poor. They got beat at that Dinamo Zagreb Europa League time when they were too. <laughs> 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 yeah, I watched that. Were, like, I watched, and they won pretty pretty comfortably in the end. But I watched that and, like, it's half an hour, barely did anything. And then they get a really cheap goal. And then, you know, fair play to them, they went off from there. But again, like I said, you know, it's, it sounds like famous last words in a way, but I just think. You know, it's certainly a winnable game. And actually, in a way, I don't know about you, but I always feel more confident in a way when I haven't played so-called better teams. Unless it's Man City, in which case, you know, I don't. But I always feel like if we're like a, a league with like the top six or seven, then they probably finish like second maybe after Man City. And if they're in a league with like the bottom six or seven, they probably finish bottom of that league. So in a way, I feel like maybe Tottenham's a good team to play at the moment. Um just quickly, yeah, they, um, yeah, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, no, it is. It's, it just feels like 
I think it feels eerie because Spurs are very much in an Everton-like situation. Yeah, yeah. Which they haven't been in in a, in a fairly long time, right? Where if they lose this game, and now I think you could say that Europa. I get the feeling Jose put all his chips in on Europa League, and yeah, when yeah. that fell apart, I think that his mood and the structure of how he was going about the season, you know, he wasn't he wasn't in for the slog. And, no. uh, so. They've got the Carabao Cup final next weekend, or the weekend after, sorry, against Man City. So you can imagine his uh, his priority might not be Everton away on a Friday night. That's true, that's um, true. And then we've got Arsenal, Please, yeah. which would probably be a similar kind of game, considering where Arsenal are at the moment. Um, there's one one thing I wanted to ask you about, the thing is, you, you know, obviously come on every now and then, but I haven't really asked you about this Uh last time you've been on is uh, Calvert-Lewin. I mean, I know he didn't play tonight, so it kind of maybe feels a bit weird to focus on him, but I mean, goals have kind of dried up for him, even albeit, you know, he set very high standards at the start of the season. Um, where do you think, not, not, well, what have you made of him the last few weeks? And I mean, do you still feel like, like he's on it or do you feel he's kind of dropped off do you think that's his fault do you think it's you know a product of the, the team or the way of it playing how what have you made of him the last few months he's been very isolated the last <laughs> few matchups of when he is playing um a couple of things for me would be one i think we're seeing a fairly youngish player under the weight of being a true striker that carries his team for the duration of a season. Like that's a whole nother physical mental level, right? Going out and being expected to score. Um, I think he's shown vast improvements in a number of areas this season. And so to me, the question becomes consistency and that next step, right? Can he come out next season and do it again? You know, and, and, and how he's playing now, you know, Palace, and, and it is the difference between strikers, but that was one of, as a team, that was one of our better games as far as chance creation, especially, you know, for, for large bits of it. And I'm sure it's their mistakes, but, you know, that's soccer. Um, but, uh, no, I I think I, I like to see him invested in in another season. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see another young striker, striker, I don't know, just throwing it out there, like Daryl DK, just just – <laughs> from Barnsley, just throwing it out there. Somebody like that coming in and, uh, you know, and, and then kind of seeing this, does he need competition or does he need now? Okay. This is our guy. Yeah. That, that kind of deal. And then, then it fits into where are we going, right? Are we in Europe with him or are we doing another eighth place season? We're now a top team sniffing around for him. Um, again, I look at it as he's a victim of his own early success in the season, right? It's, if you flip it around and he would have struggled at the beginning of the season and right now you'd be, Oh yeah, this, he's really coming into his own. And, and I think it's hard for me. I think it's almost that like that the games get more important, but they really don't, if, you know, that in, as an American, you know, playoffs, that kind of idea that that focus on the end of the season and where we are now, but you know, seven more games, if he gets four or five more goals or three more goals, you know, let's say three more goals in the next seven games. Yeah. Puts him, what, 25 or so for the year, 23? Well, he's got 19, so 20, 22. 22, yeah. Over, like, that again, 
Yeah. Hey, we're going to get you guys uh, an eighth place finish with 60 points and a 20 goal score. You would have chalked this up to, oh, and throw in Ben Godfrey, right? Like that, those are a lot of huge developmental pieces that we've added, right? Like it, worst case scenario, Calvert-Lewin is a major asset to be traded in two years if that fits whatever, you know, the future holds. That's not to say I want to see him go by any stretch. Um, but he has he has shown market improvement, not yeah. just better chances created for him. You know, I would love to see him be able to dribble at people and go to goal. If he can add that, you know, really put his head down one on one, you know, like Richarlison can do and not that he has to be Richie, but, you know, offer that threat of he gets isolated, turns up, faces that center back and goes. If he shows that ability, he becomes, you know, a, a genuine Top, top, top striker. Yeah, it feels like I, I, your point about improvement is good because I think one thing I think I've noticed about Calvert-Lewin is that every every season that he's had feels better than the previous season. So it feels like he's always getting better. He's always he's always improving. And this, this season certainly has been his best. Um, what I would say is I don't, I don't feel like it's kind of him missing chances. I just think it's, he's not getting the same amount of chances or the same level of service. And you see, like, from that miss against West Brom or he's in on goal or some of the misses against Crystal Palace last week that he still has, like, rough edges to iron out. But I think he'll get there. I think it's it's harsh to put too much criticism on him at the moment. He's not in his best form. But, you know, I, I would still back him to score next week if he plays or, you know, get into a good run of form between now and the end of the season. Because um, I don't think he's kind of not a lost cause, is he? He's still one of his you know, biggest assets, I think. Um, and I felt we missed him tonight because, like, like you said, like we said before, Richardson was so isolated, wasn't he, up front? So, fingers crossed he's back and they're kind of working together next week. Um, what, how so you, would, find- you would also like to see us bring in Daryl DK then? That's what you're saying? Got it. Okay. I think... No, but, I, I but think what would you like to see us do there next year? What would you like to see us do with that forward position then, curiously? With what, Sorry. What what would what would you like to do with that forward position the next oh, year? Um, I don't think I don't think Josh King is the answer. So I don't think, you know, I, I wouldn't persist with that beyond the end of the season. Unfortunately, um, I think Moise Keane will leave, um, which I would be happy with if he doesn't want to play for Everton anymore. I think he'd be a great striker to have, but if he doesn't want to play for Everton, there's no point. Um, I don't know who I get. I, I completely get your affinity <laughs> or you know affection for DK as a as a, an American, um, and you know. Oh, what he's American? I, really I didn't even know what. What I really like Barnsley, and I hope they go up because it's probably the <laughs> team in the championship to my house and uh, being a good day out. But I think you know he's only twenty as well as you, DK. So you'd, you'd be expecting a lot of it. <laughs> kind of to be Dominic Calvert-Lewin's back up straight away. Um, but I think striker as well as right back would probably be my two biggest kind of areas of concern just because I haven't looked lightest in there uh, in terms of depth. I think we need, you know, we need central midfielders and wingers as well probably, but we are at least, I think, certainly central midfield, we are quite well stopped there. So um, it's hard, well, isn't it? Kind of because you kind of convince you. It's like Tottenham with Harry Kane in a way, is that you kind of have to convince a striker to come, but then not play because Calvert-Lewin will probably still be having the first choice striker no matter what. 
and Richarlison as well. So I think it's worth persisting with Richarlison as a striker, though, I would say that, because I think he looks happier there and he looks more involved there and more of a threat there and more of a natural there than I think on the wing. Um, go on, Brian, let's, uh, let's wrap this up with a prediction then. How, if I had to press you for how you think Friday's going to go uh, on, the back, <laughs> on the back of what you've seen tonight in Everton especially. Um, I think we'll stay consistent and we will not score. And uh, I, I see us going down 1-0 to Spurs, unfortunately. I think it's a it's a Friday match. I think it's a drab affair. I don't – I just don't see it happening. I'm, like, the most optimistic person, but yeah. – You're an enthusiasm vacuum, Brian. Uh, I'm no, setting uh, you up. I'm setting, no, up. I'm setting yeah. you to be up to be the good guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> – I think 1-1, one, one, I think. Because you, I don't think it'll be 5-4, put it that way. Um, but I think I think Everton will probably play better than they did tonight for a number of reasons. But, you know, that's just still... I didn't see enough there, for, you know, to, for us to have faith in us beating Tottenham, no matter how kind of chaotic Tottenham look at times this season. But I'll go for 1-1. One, one. Brian uh, is going to be less optimistic than saying 1 0, but you know, you can't really blame him from what you've seen from Everton, not just tonight, but the last few, last few games. Um, but hey, at least if we lose, it won't be to a team at the bottom of the league. So um, there is that sort of food to cling to. Uh, I think we've already got that merit badge. I think we've earned that one. We've earned that one down, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've, uh, we've right. Let's do because uh, we've talked enough about a pretty terrible team at the moment. Brian, thank you very much for taking your time out to cover for Gino today, and uh, sort of uh, what's the word? Mull over or you know drown drown your your sorrows. Yeah, thanks, thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, congratulations, though, Gino. You are missed. Uh, you know, best to you. I'm sure you're going to be listening to this. I'm sure this is yeah. top of the list. Yeah, I'm sure Gino's having a much, much worse time than we are. I'm sure he's really happy <laughs> here right now. Uh, yeah, right. But no, thanks, Brian. It's, it's, uh, it's been fun. It's really appreciated. Always a pleasure. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Gino will not be back next week because he's away uh, for an extra week, but I think we should have other guests on next week for another good pod um, and hopefully a better performance to talk about. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to obviously subscribe and follow and share the podcast. Um, and yeah, look out for next week's episode where hopefully, like I said, we'll have another win over Tottenham to talk about. But for now, thanks, Brian. Uh, yeah, that's too. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week.